Good evening, and welcome to episode 46 of Deacon and Co. Show. My name is Deacon, and today is Tuesday, the 22nd of June, 2021. I always have to think when I'm saying the date, because for whatever reason, and you guys, Deacoholics, know this, I always mess up the date. <laughs> for whatever reason it is, I just, okay, been getting a lot better. Only a couple of mess-ups in the last, let's say, I don't know how many episodes. You guys know what the mistakes are. Uh, but anyway, uh, every day on the Deacon and Co. show is always a spectacular day because of the guests that come on that make this show better. And thank you to everyone who's been a guest so far on the Deacon and Co. show. Uh, another great one coming up for you today. Because I don't disappoint when it comes to the guests. And without my guests and without my fans, I can't continue to do what I do and make the show grow and entertain you. Uh, my perspective here, got to look at it from just me, guys, okay? So it's me against everybody right now. I think I do a good job entertaining you. Uh, again, thanks for tuning in. But as I mentioned, guest today, not going to disappoint you. Uh, a horror author and artist, dear friend, and... Uh, Overall, just really a great person uh, is going to join us in a couple minutes. I know she uh, just turned all red when I said that because she's looking at me now, but we'll get her on in a few minutes because we got a couple things that we got to talk about first, including some Met news, a quick sports update, a couple birthday shout outs. Um, but let's get into that now. Hope all the dads had a great, great Father's Day. Hope you got to do something cool, whether it was have a barbecue, go out to dinner, or even get to the beach. Um, hope you had a great day, spent it being safe, doing something that you wanted to do. But also on Father's Day, we had uh, episode 45.5 conference finals for you guys. Hope you all enjoyed it. Did it just for the dads uh, on there. And uh, Universal Rick and Morty Day. The Rick and Morty are back. And uh, can't can't believe it. Season 5. And if you guys haven't seen Rick and Morty, Rick and Morty are funny. But just, uh, just imagine this. I know it would never ever happen. But you take all of the, like the great cartoon shows that are, we got going on right now. No, leave the classics out because that's just too many to name and we'll have a lot of fun with that, um, and, and including upcoming stuff uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks with the guests coming on and whatnot. Uh, speaking of which, before I get into the Rick and Morty story, uh, upcoming this week, we got our buddy Curtis of Listen, Listen, Listen coming back on. And you guys are going to see some cool stuff on this show, some voiceovers or whatnot. He's coming out hiatus. Show's been down, hidden. He's keeping it low, but now he's bringing it back. He's crawling out. He's one of the creepers crawling out from the rafters. Uh, glad he's doing it because he really is a funny guy. And hopefully we'll be on next week. I'm pretty sure he will be. And it'll be fun definitely to chat with him. But back to the Rick and Morty thing. Take everybody, uh, take one character from every show that is out there right now that, like, the major cartoon shows for uh, adults, okay? So you take Eric Cartman from South Park. This is going to be my representative. So we take Eric Cartman from South Park, then we turn around and we take Roger the Alien from American Dad. Got to take two from uh, Family Guy because you can't leave Stewie and Brian separated. So take two of them. Um, then we would take Bender from Futurama. And am I missing anybody here? trying to think here and of course rick and morty and put these guys all in a show and maybe you add in that scumbag bart simpson he as amongst the degenerates of this group imagine what kind of fucked up show you would have if all of these 
criminal outlaw children, aliens, uh, uh, mad scientists are all, you know, in one episode. Like, that would be the ultimate crossover episode. It really would be. Nothing bad about The Simpsons. Uh, I've never seen an episode. Longest running cartoon show, I do believe, uh, out there. Um, just, I think the guys at South Park are a lot funnier. And, of course started in a different time era and a lot of people don't understand that too family guy is funny sarcastic got some heavy dosages of politics not that south park doesn't but i think family guy is a little more political but think about it from this perspective here like if seth mcfarlane had the freedom that's that ah, the trey parker and matt stone had for south park like if he had that freedom i guarantee you like or that freedom from the start to say whatever he wanted, I guarantee you that Family Guy would be right up there with comedy. But again, different kind of humor, different kind of networks, and you know how it rolls. Uh, promised you guys some Met news. So Metallica just announced that they are doing a, another tour, uh, Europe, doing a European tour. They're going to play at some festivals starting in June of 2022 that is going to uh, extend from Copenhagen to Lisbon. So if you guys have turned around and obviously listened to the show, uh, know about Metallica Mondays, you would see, like, I'm not fucking around here when I'm telling you, like, how different it is in another country to listen to a concert or to be there. These aren't, you know, just songs. These are anthems and thousands of people gather in all kinds of weather and whatnot just to stand in line to see these guys perform. And it's just another reason why you know, Metallica is the best. You have to look at things from this in this perspective. Like, I used to categorize them as just in heavy metal or metal. You, but you can't do that now when the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is letting everyone that's not rock in there. And you can't do that when Green Day and Foo Fighters are now considered classic rock. That's scary. So broaden the horizon. The numbers don't lie. The albums don't lie. The sellout concerts don't lie. The fans don't lie. You turn around and you look at things from a perspective of if, like, Metallica is family. Like, there are many different chapters over the world uh, in the world, um, and uh, just to be, you know, involved in something like that for this guy. Like, I mean, this is not just something that's happened only in one region. This is everywhere in the world, guys. Like, wake up. It's it's not you know it's not just me being a crazy mega fan. This shit has been going on for so long, and, uh, you know, you got the Metallica, you know, 9 out of 10 times you meet somebody who may be an asshole, and you find a common ground of Metallica, then maybe they're not so much of an asshole anymore, they still could be an asshole, but not to you as much as you would think that, you know, because of their common denominator of being Metallica, but then you got the bantering with some people, which is not cool, because... You got some people who, and I, I love to hear the story, so I'm not saying this to say, okay, you know, don't come on and tell me, because that's what I want. I want everyone to come on and tell me the stories of what they've experienced and lived what, you know, through the band's history and seen them, because I, I wish I could have. I only came in where they were on, you know, uh, came in at Death Magnetic, so... I was only eligible, or not eligible, but I was only able to see those two particular tours. They had one more in the middle between that, and I've seen other shows where um, they were one-night shows or two-night shows only, amazing, like 
really cool shit. Um, but you get the people who are sitting there like, oh, I went to this one and that one and this one and that one. Like, yeah, all right, bro. Like, I don't even compare anymore. I don't do it. Like, you guys really want to go, you know, really want to do it with me? Like, it's not, you know, it's, it's not the point. I've, I've mentioned many times, no matter what, you know, may come from me, I'm definitely not by far the biggest Metallica fan I know. And I mean, a lot of people will say that I, to them, are the biggest fan that they know, but to me, I'm not, and uh, I'm not trying to be, not anything, I'm just a really, really big fan, and I enjoy the company of others talking about stories and things that they could share along this uh, journey of this great band, 40th anniversary, I mean, unfucking real um, but, you know, with that being said, um, they also uh, have the downside, <laughs> uh, Metallica is suing the, <laughs> the Lloyd London's um, insurance uh, refusal to pay Metallica for damages lost during COVID-19's cancellations. Now, according to NBC, Lloyds of London has um, refused to pay the monetary value. There was supposedly a uh, six-day run that was supposed to take place in the beginning of 2020. It would have been the first set of shows since Metallica um, since James left, uh, you know, for rehab, it would have came, it would have been the first uh, show since late 2019. Greta uh, Van Fleet was set to open for the show, and I think it was uh, Chile, uh, Chile, Argentina, and Brazil, if I'm not mistaken, were the shows. Uh, there's been no announcement that there's going to be any type of reschedulement for 2021 for these shows, which sucks because these guys are going to miss out. And as I mentioned, seeing something in another country like that is really epic. But the only set of shows thus far... Um, announced for Metallica this year are obviously the three festivals that I had mentioned, and uh, you know it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun. I'm excited to be there and see all three of them. But prior to the tour, Metallica purchased the cancellation, abandonment, and non-appearance insurance policy in case of any postponements or cancellations, which I also did the same thing for Aftershock. I didn't do it for the other two festivals because I felt that at this point now of what the country is progressing as, they just opened Yankee Stadium for 100% capacity. So I'm pretty sure they're going to have this festival as long as everyone could stay healthy and do what they got to do. I guess the vaccination rates are up or, uh, you know, whatever the situation is. But um, I, I did it for Aftershock because I didn't know what was going to happen in California, how it was going to be and whatnot. So it is what it is. Always safe to do something like that. So, you know, why wouldn't Metallica do it? So now they're saying that the exclusions and refused to reimburse the bands for the losses were unreasonable, restrictive interpretations of the policy. And, of course... Metallica on June 7th in Los Angeles Superior Court. They had committed a breach of the con, uh, put a lawsuit in saying that Lloyds of London committed a breach of the contract by denying them and were seeking damages that were unspecified as a result. Now, am I shocked that Metallica is suing somebody again? <laughs> no, we've been through this road before, but in a sense, I'm not pissed at them for doing something like this because realistically, if you turn around and have a contract with somebody, you need to honor the contract. If it's written in legal form, whatever it is, and even myself, honor system of contracts and things that I do, try to honor everything that I can, uh, you know, that I make the promises that come out of my mouth. And that's what, you know, the goal is with everybody. Just live, treat others the way you want to be treated, and there's half the problems of the world gone. So, with that being said... I have a couple of birthday shout-outs. I wanted to give a birthday shout-out to two of my favorite people in the whole wide world, Danny and Dana. Happy birthday to you both. Uh, Danny and Dana are not only uh, my cousins, but they are big advocates of the Deacon and Co. Show. And 
particularly Deacon himself. So love you guys both. Hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening and always believing in me. Uh, sports update for you guys. Last night, the New York Islanders made some history. 8 nothing. 8 nothing. The Islanders lost. You thought I was going to say they won? <laughs> well, 8 nothing. Uh, the Islanders, one foot in the grave right now. Next week, I may have probably the best genius of the week for you guys if the Islanders lose tomorrow night on Long Island at the barn, Nassau County, for you that don't know, Uniondale, New York. And that might be the last game that we see there. And it's sad because it's like hop in the car, 20 minutes, Islander Ranger game, hop on a train, Hour Independence Station, <laughs> which one was more fun? So, yeah, went to a lot of Islander Ranger games there. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. Hopefully the Islanders uh, have something up their sleeve for all you guys that are Islander fans out there. But you're playing the defending Stanley Cup champions. You just lost 8 nothing. You are one game away from elimination that will most likely happen tomorrow night. And if it doesn't, it forces a Game 7 in Tampa. Uh, like Tampa in that one. But tonight, Vegas Golden Knights uh, are playing the Montreal Canadiens in Game 5. The Montreal Canadiens, guys, did not like what I had to say about them uh, last episode. And they tied the series up when I thought Vegas was going up 3-1. But I'll tell you this, Vegas is going up 3-2 tonight. And I think that they're going to be playing the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Stanley Cup Finals, as I predicted. Uh, the crazy thing is I hate Montreal. I'm Canadian. And uh, on my left side of my chest is Lord Stanley written in blue and red Ranger colors. As I mentioned, I hope we rebound so we can stop putting the S in front of the Rangers or the ST and stop calling ourselves the New York Strangers and make a run for another cup next year. Uh, and on the right side, I have a Canadian leaf. I am Canadian and I hate the Montreal Canadiens. Just hate them. Original six team, I've always hated them. So, Vegas tonight. Game two out in the Western Conference Finals. Los Angeles Clippers are playing the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I just kind of got to go with uh, the Clips tying this tonight. I really don't, I, like I said to you guys, I'm not interested in watching the series. I'm rooting for the Suns. I don't want the Clippers to have the banner because I want to keep making the joke. Uh, so, we'll see what happens from there. Also, tomorrow night, we're going to see, besides uh, game six with the Islanders, Starving off elimination. Let's see what they're going to do. Uh, we got game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, surprisingly, the Milwaukee Bucks will be hosting the Atlanta Hawks. Yes, they came through and beat the Sixers. Uh, very surprising to me because I would have loved to see nothing more of the Sixers. I thought they were going to get to the finals, but uh, they'll put the pieces together again. They'll get that one missing piece that they're going to need next year, and I think they're going to be competitive. Nothing would be better than see the Lakers, Sixers finals, Lakers, you know, Boston finals maybe next year. But anyway, so it's going to be enough rambling for me. And without further ado, I am going to bring my guest on the show. Uh, very excited to have this guest. I've mentioned to you guys before, some of the fans um, actually have already started to follow through on my next guest, um, four sales already for her book, horror author, artist, and friend. I'd like to welcome to the show, Crow Abramoff. Yes. Thank how you. are you doing, Crow? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm uh, really glad that you got to be here today to chat to too. It's it's going to be fun and um, yeah, Thank four so four people already. Wow. Four amazing. people already. Uh, Thank you, guys. Nightmares <laughs> and Fantasies. Uh, I read it, and uh, I've got some 
good feedback on it. Uh, we'll talk. Awesome. We'll talk a little bit about that uh, in a little bit. But um, love to hear. Thank you so much. Very welcome. Uh, tell the audience what you do and and how you got your start. How you decided one day that I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be a horror author because it's not easy. No, no, it's um, it's blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> <laughs> um, it makes you feel like a crazy person because you have to to write good stories to find good topics to write about and not just like hack them up you know what i mean that works better for film in my opinion than literature definitely um you have to get more psychological so to get <laughs> psychological with your audience to tap into that you have to tap into yourself and you have to not be afraid to open up doors in your brain that you would normally want to keep closed yeah and that makes you insane and you're like typing away at a story and you're just like, I want to cry, I want to scream, I want to punch something, but that's okay, that creates good literature, run with it. Yeah. Put that into one of your characters, whether it's the protagonist or the antagonist, or it's, you know, either one of them, or you work it into your plot, something you went through that makes you feel that way. You yeah. know, it's like, you make it metaphorical, whatever, and let that be your fuel for your writing. Yeah. Even if it makes you crazy. Take a step back here and there if you have to, but... It's literally, and when somebody reads it later on, when you're like, all right, I fucking finished it. <laughs> you know, like you, yeah. you know, it's just like, I fucking did it here. Please read, read my heart and soul, read my the yeah. twisted ends of my brain. And they tell you that they love it. You're like, your heart skips a beat. Yeah. It really does. And you go, oh, oh, oh my God, I really fucking did it. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> so that, that, that's what. You want that. So when you, you finally do find the time to sit down and do it, you know, like, and every single time you sit down and read a book. I've been reading these books since I was a kid. Yeah. You know, like, I started with Oral Stein and Goosebumps. So that's probably <laughs> seven fucking years old. That's and awesome. And I was like, you know, awesome. like, and I was like, I want to do this. Yeah. I want to make some kid put, or some teenager or some adult put the fucking blanket over their head because they heard a bump in the middle of the night after reading my book and like yeah. I just I had to do it it's, <laughs> that's that's awesome I mean two degrees uh, for me in journalism a lot of my audience knows that already so to for me to sit here and and not only to have you on the show, um, but to help sell this book. I, I want the world to read this book because... You, that would be amazing. You, you, it, well, I'll get to the, the next question after this, but last statement from me. But just take, take a look at from the perspective as if you are... I can give this only to you, and there was a classic... Are You Afraid of the Dark? I'm going to go back. The I TV love show. Are You Afraid okay. of the Dark. I just mentioned that the other night. Ready? <laughs> I was like, I need this. Yeah. And I was watching, I was watching Goosebumps. TV <laughs> show. On, yeah. I was binging it on Netflix. And I was like, I miss Are You Afraid This is great, but I miss yeah. Are You Afraid of the Dark also. Yeah. And uh, there was an episode called The Mystery Machine or Mystery Type Machine or Mystery Typewriter, something along those so, lines. I know what you're talking and it's like the man was sitting there and he got this typewriter that was haunted or cursed or whatever and whatever he typed came to life and that is the way I felt when I read your book oh my thank you I had such a clear <laughs> image and uh, I've had some feedback as well from the like the words awesome. everything is just articulated together so well and oh my god thank you hats off to you <laughs> I, my, my next question was not the one I was going to ask, but when's the next one? That, that's what I want to know. I'm working on it, actually. Awesome. I'm on it. It's in the very beginning. <laughs> very, 
very beginning. Okay. I like literally only have two chapters. Any I, ideas, spoilers that you could help us out with? Okay, well, the first book, Nightmares and Fantasies, that one is a short story compilation, as you know. Yes. Because I had so many ideas, and they were short, that I was able to take them and put them into little snippets. And I thought that as being a first published work for the public to sample, yeah, yeah. Um, that it was best to take that, because everybody's so busy. Yeah, yeah. And people don't necessarily have time to sit down and read a 300-page-plus novel. Yeah, yeah. But I have that in me to do, so it's like I left that for a second. Uh-oh. Oh, so... I'm excited now. <laughs> I am excited. As am. much as book number one was a short story compilation, book number two is an extension. It's a full-on novel. Now, the plan is not to go crazy with it and have it be five, six hundred pages. I understand people don't always have the time for that. Yeah. But from the people I um, that have read it and have bought copies and read it and loved it and have given me feedback, their, their one complaint to me was they wanted more. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> and, and the, Which like, is the best compliment ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm looking forward to this. So if you if you hypothetically did whatever it is, you got your fans and you're trying to make your name out there, if you gave the audience, uh, your audience, everyone's targeted audience mm -hmm. of horror or even thriller and... You know, just psychological, because, I mean, guys, this is a total mind fuck. Wait till you read it. I mean, it's just uh, un unreal shit. I wouldn't, I wouldn't lie to you guys. That was you're, you're gonna, it's not gonna make a difference. When you're reading the story like this, if you, if, if I read a story, like if your book right now, the short story book of Nightmares and Fantasies was 457 pages, I would read it all because that's what it, it's, <laughs> you. if you're sucked into the story, if it's good wording, and again, descriptive narrative, uh, pronouns, and nouns, everything that you had, you made me know Thank that you. the book floor was read. And the blood, you know, like I, I yeah, knew everything else. It wasn't just, oh, okay, there was blood splatter. There was, you know, it was insanity. Like just the way, <laughs> you know, the descriptive words. But what scares you and what drives you to do that? Oh, God. That's... And if you get, in truthful answers, you know, judge-free zone on the Deacon and Co. show. Okay, okay, well, th this is ridiculous. I'm going to give you, which is not in the book, in all honesty, I haven't gone there yet. I am sucking up the courage to be able to do it. Okay. And also do it in a way that hasn't been done before, even though one of my idols has done it and done it extremely well. Um, I am terribly afraid of clowns. Wow. Terribly. Wow. Yes, you would think I love them, but I am so horribly afraid of them. So no terrifier for you, huh? No, can't do it. Oh, man. Can't even look at a picture of one. That would be the ultimate goal, <laughs> is to, to conquer the fear. Yes. yes. And you, as a writer, could do that. Yes. Yeah. That, and uh, uh, I have started, okay. and I, it, like, literally, the phobia is so intense that I start, like, having physiological symptoms. Yeah, yeah. Like nausea yeah. and like sweating and like heart palpitations. Yeah. And like I literally just want to crawl in a ball and die. Yeah. Like I just, I, I don't know. Like because like if you're saying I give you such a description in my stories and such a visual, think about what, what you see. What I, yeah, 100%. Literally. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. 
and, and you and I had mentioned um, off air that we would like to get together, uh, you know, double date it, yes. and go somewhere where they have the haunted, you know, places and stay there. Yes. Now your and do phobia. An actual paranormal investigation. Yeah, and I'm down for that. But your phobia of clowns is the same as mine of black and white pictures and old asylums and hospitals. I'm telling you. So if you're gonna do yours, I'm gonna do mine. Okay. Because you would not. I mean, nothing now scares I know a me. Few places for that. Yeah, nothing scares me. I've Except been in for that. places for that, especially on Long Island. Yeah. It's well, notorious for that. Yeah, definitely. I've, I've, been, I've been a couple of places when I was younger, um, you know, and uh, I, I think that uh, going back there later on in life, things have happened. Uh, for okay. instance, uh, Pilgrim State is a place over by us where we live. Okay. Um, I would say we as in me and Crow, or Crow and I, rather. Uh, so... <laughs> yes. We... It, we, we know what goes on there and you know the shock therapy treatments and crow you and I can go on for hours about what the yes. bad stuff that went there so I, I went over there as a kid I went in the halls and you know I sat in the electric chair and I did all that stuff already okay nothing, so you went with all the urban legends yeah you know? nothing happened right years later I went back over there I was picking somebody up I was working at the time for a company that, that uh, transported the patients from off site doctors premises and back so I had a pickup over there early in the morning something hit the back of the van that I was driving, I got out the car, there was no bats, there was no birds, there was nothing there, there was no trees, there was no explanation. I felt whatever it was that Jesus I messed with earlier Christ. was now like, hey, now you're coming back for more, buddy? And I wasn't. I was just trying to do my duty. So every time I had yep. a pickup over there, I'd find a way to somehow get out of it and so not go back. this is incredible and terrifying, which is exactly kind of what I was trying to integrate into, yeah. into my stories. Like, have it be, you know, the things that amaze you and also terrify you. Yeah. You know, like, and think about it. Like, things like that, they give you a sense of insanity, of feeling insane yourself. Yeah. And maybe that is one of my fears. Maybe because I feel like a lot of the um, protagonists, especially my stories, I feel like they have a sense of um, impending madness within them that grows within the stories. Yeah. And maybe, especially since it takes so much emotion yeah. to write and delving within yourself to write horror stories like this, um, probably kind of similar emotions like Poe had, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's maybe that's another fear that I have that isn't as, you know, yeah. uh, funny as a phobia of clowns as horrible as that is like your phobia of asylums and black and white pictures yeah but uh we'll help each other <laughs> yeah definitely uh it's, it's not easy when you have when you're dealing with that something like that because no phobias are real yeah especially too because i, I like the things that you know not everybody obviously is scared of the same thing so mm -hmm. like i laugh and not to be cruel but i laugh no. at those clowns like especially I'm sure you do. that Most little people do that little it midget like, I, I laugh at him. So, like, I know it's scary. Yeah, there's some of them that are creepy. Like, especially when you're seeing uh, horror pictures, especially of horror picture clowns, are yes. creepy. I will give you that, too. So, but, but the like... the concept is psychological. Yeah, exactly, 100%. E even watching, like, the Joker, like, the new one, still a little bit of a disturbing image, the way they, that he showed himself up. Like, that guy yeah, was that insane. Was... Yeah, literally absolutely insane. It, literally insane. The Joker film, I think it was just entitled Joker. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, I'm not... Joaquin Phoenix was the Joker. Thank you. Yeah. I'm not completely up to date. I'll Love him. Admit Great it, actor. Oh, he's fantastic. But, like, he really portrayed the Joker as a man who had gone insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah you definitely. Know, he, even the more, um, it was almost 50s style makeup, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yep. a very clown-like. Weird little hat. And, yeah, <laughs> and, it, and, it was st and it still had an air of Tim Burton, I think. 
I, maybe not everybody sees it, but I, I saw it a little bit. As an artist, very, you recognize that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, you yeah, can see it, definitely. Yeah, you know, and also just a huge fan of him. And I know he had nothing to do with the film, but yeah. I still saw it because of the original Batman film. I could yeah. see, like, because the makeup was kind of colorful in a way. Yeah, it definitely was. You know, like, His the suit red was is too. bright, the white yeah. was very vibrant. You definitely. know, so it, it kind of yeah. reminded, and very clown-like, so it kind uh, of made me think of that... 80s yeah well, awesome Batman. awesome point to bring up because a lot of people don't realize that yeah because it's been oh my god almost 40 years yeah i mean when, when was the original Batman? early 80s yeah yeah it was i think it was uh i gotta be 89 88 maybe even 90 one of them yeah yeah but still one of them yeah it's been a long it's been a few decades yeah. and people maybe forget. 92 yeah, i'm trying to now i got myself thinking about this yeah yeah definitely but yeah no people don't realize that tim burton was involved yeah yeah they Wait out the window, you know? And they, they don't realize he was involved with the second one also because it did get darker with the second one, yeah. you know? Oh, like, yeah. with the originals. See, those are my favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do like when the newer films take an air of the older films yeah, yeah. to them, you know? And I, th and I think that version did, but the I had a hard time even, like, trying to watch the trailer because he was so clown looking. No, no, no. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, it was, it really was creepy. Can go. <laughs> yeah, it really was creepy, and, uh, you know, we, we won't bring it up again, I promise, after that but they uh <laughs> that's okay <laughs> another one that we really too uh that reminded me of it when i saw the two i saw them in a short frame together was art the clown terrifier second one's coming out in october i mean if if i would tell you something right now if i had a phobia of clowns i, I would i've not... seen pictures yeah no glimpses i should say no way like, and i've uh, i've thrown my phone across yeah, yeah. on my phone and i've thrown my phone across the room i was like are, are you kidding yeah yeah like, <laughs> yeah no no it's yeah it's it's uh it's gonna be scary it's gonna be That's good but uh, like, yeah, uh yeah. seriously yep yeah yeah he, he was bad i mean ruthless uh oh, yeah crazy oh, I madness can't even. i can't i honestly oh, yeah. the picture is embedded in my brain it's tough well let's get it out of there with uh <laughs> different topic here Thank uh <laughs> what when did you get uh started doing all this like i mean i know you started at a young age reading Very, stuff but yes. uh when did I, you I say did i want to write this i started writing as a kid too awesome um and i started with vampire stories i know that's so pathetic and no. twilight-esque but yeah like and mixing because i was so little i mean like seven eight years old mm. and like mixing unicorns in there and like oh, really the fantasy stories like, that's awesome yeah like fantasy but there was like vampires and love and stuff <laughs> Twilight before Twilight. Yeah, like when, and this is like uh, mid to late 80s. I was born in 83, and I was so, you know, like around the same time like Batman came out yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that, the original Batman. And, um, you know, of course, um, it was kind of an off and on hobby. I was reading a lot more than I was writing, to be honest with you, because I was in school. Yeah. And uh, total nerd, straight A student, but I would have writing projects in English classes and um i was always in um honors classes yeah. with english because That's of awesome. reading comprehension but also because of the writing aspect so i was always taking uh writing assignments to like a next level but for yeah. me it was natural yeah it was like okay write two paragraphs using these vocabulary words say in like a high school class and i would write a three-page short story with like a supernatural like twist in the end you that's know? awesome and then the teacher would wind up having me like read it in front of the class and i'd be like oh jesus fucking christ you gotta be kidding me but i guess i have to now yeah that's funny <laughs> you know? that's too so, funny like it's kind of been something i always did and then i had an opportunity during quarantine nice during that's... lockdown and i was like fuck it I'm let's gonna... do it yeah that's awesome that in school but that's all i had because i was out of work so it was like i'm gonna actually like write a book and i had so many ideas that 
it turned into a short story anthology. But the uh, last story, which is the longest one, Denouement, that's 50 pages, that actually started out as a three-page short story for a creative writing class for college. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, my favorite out of them, because you just mentioned yes, that. Yes, I, I wanted gonna, to ask you, actually. Yeah, I was going to bring them up to the audience. Yes, but please. I, uh, Eyes of the Storm, um, The Heavy, Graveyard Euphoria, Blood on the Wind, and uh, Denouement, right? Yes, that's okay. the last one, which I have a more um, like uh, precise memory of. <laughs> I know that sounds ridiculous, but... <laughs> Graveyard Euphoria. Yes, that's, that's actually one of my favorite. That's my favorite one because ah. I, I have I have this thing about graveyards. Thank you. And I, and I think that uh, it, anybody that really has a set of balls will go play hide and seek in the graveyard. We'll oh go, hell we'll, yeah, we'll, we all se did. Seances in the graveyard. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, childhood you wanna, and teenage pastime. Yeah, and so for and you I to write it. it, you know. Man taking another man's alcohol. Now there's problems. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm not gonna ruin it for you guys, but that's my that's my favorite one. And uh, you guys, let me know Deacon and Co Show Gmail .com, Which one is your favorite one? Yeah, when you I get it. it, please. Crow, where everybody. where can the audience uh, reach you? Are you on social media, Instagram? Uh, where can they buy the book? Where can they become yes. a crowaholic? Um, Nightmares and Fantasies book on Instagram, and. Um, also, the book is on Amazon. Awesome. Um, I've noticed it's easiest just to find me by name, Crow Abramoff. Um, I don't know why, you know, how Amazon and, you know, regular search engines can be, but it's <laughs> and fantasies. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on the cover of the book, obviously, there is a crow, and uh, Crow's name is on the bottom right-hand corner, so yes. just so we, you guys can identify that. Yeah. And um, what is your message to your audience, and when gaining a new audience, what are you trying to get across to them as a first time, and may I add, yeah. self-editing author, which is <laughs> unbelievable. You. Oh my God, thank you. Um, that was the hardest part. It was impossible. And I was telling you previously to the show, it makes it to the point where you almost like, once it's done, you're like, all right, I'm fucking done with this. Put it up for sale. Again. <laughs> and you almost like erase it from your memory. It's yep. really just like, even though it's like your fucking child, yep. like that is my baby. This book is my baby. This yep. is my, if you, uh, you people out there buy this book or I've already bought it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Even if you ate it, thank you for buying it anyway. Thank you for just for giving it a shot. But like, it literally is my child, my heart, my soul, my everything, because it's just, I don't know. It, it's so fucking hard to sit down and do. Yeah. Stoner moment, forgive me. I'm kind of on track, but like, it's just so hard to, yeah, sorry, guys, no. I'm a pothead. But like, you, you self-edit this shit too, and you go over, I read the book, it's 100 pages long, and I read the book probably 35 times, and I have 50 million drafts and cut and paste and opened, like, options, and each story separately 50 million different times, and before I said, all right, that's it, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. I'm finally going back to work. I'm not in quarantine anymore. So that's it. Whatever. If, if there's a mistake in it, sorry. I'm done. I uh, I didn't catch any. I'm going to be honest <laughs> okay, with you. Okay, awesome. I didn't catch any. And, and I used to, you know, I used to be the second lead editor. I was a lot of work <laughs> that you. I've done in the past. You're yeah. very intelligent. So thank you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I was going to get on to that later on, that people that have this uh, intellectual level to write stuff like this, to go deep inside their own minds then, and find out and have the ability to pull out what fear they have. Yes. Uh, you know, reminds me it's of... It's complex. Yeah, reminds me of the greats, you know, and... Uh, you're oh, all, oh, my. Well, well, on, you. well on your way. 
and you just got to keep, you know, your thoughts, everything, jot them down, because you never yes. know, with a mind like yours, that could be your it middle, your well. ending, yeah, like, you could take something off of that, and, uh... That was very difficult, too, even when it came to editing. Yeah, it, it really, really crazy, but, uh, it, it's just, you know, insane for you, but, uh... Thank you so much. That being said, um... Yes. What's your favorite horror movie? Oh. <laughs> Tough one, eh? So hard. Oh, yeah. So hard, because, okay, depends on the decade. Okay. Depends on the genre. Cult classic, slasher click, You're right? Right. All right. Uh, slasher, I'm not going to have much for you. Not I'm a slasher. Sorry. It, it's, it, it's because the genre gets repetitive. It does. It gets very repetitive. Not that the supernatural genre doesn't either. That yeah, gets yeah. repetitive also. It does. That's but sometimes. they all, all, all the subgenres get repetitive. But um, I've noticed more intelligence with more other sides of like more supernatural genres. Forgive me for saying that. What about sci-fi? In sci-fi? I've only scratched the surface. Yeah, I'm not into the whole sci-fi thing either. <laughs> it's just one of those weird... Like, I'm not... I want a story that I know that maybe I can drive by that house and say, wow. Yeah, you know, what's going on in there? Not, oh, let me drive by Studio 3 mm -hmm. so I can see it. Maybe take a picture with it, selfie, and yes. then post it on my Instagram. No, no, yeah, like, I, want, I want the real shit. I want exactly. the real deal. I Same. want to know. See, and it, it, that goes into, well, all right, so favorite. You know what, let me not go off. <laughs> you know what, a part of me, now I want to see the Conjuring series. Okay. For now, if oh. you want modern answer. Okay. But, if you want me just to say off the top of my head if somebody asked me my favorite, and you might laugh, or you might be like, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about, I'm going to say the old school greats with the horror movies that Vincent Price did. Sure. Back to the 50s and the 60s. House on Hill. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. That's the first one that comes to mind, to be honest with you. Yeah, I um, mean... All, out of all the ones that he did, I'm going to say that one comes to mind. So, so eerie, so creepy, just to see that picture in motion the way it yes. was for that time frame. Now, sitting here now, the audience knows that if they're a horror fan from day one, that you're going to appreciate these movies. If you're somebody who's tuning in that wants to you know, watch a horror movie, you might turn around and email me and say, fuck you, we're never listening to your show again, or taking a recommendation yeah, from you. Yeah, I think it was cheesy, and yeah. I've seen it on like... Instagram memes, yeah. you know, with some of the, like, I don't know, what, what's a page I follow? I, I can't even think off the top of my head. Like, We Gothic is one that I follow, you know, my Instagram page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, like, spooky this, or, like, yeah. whatever. They always have cool and, ones. And, like, they posted, like, a clip of, yeah, yeah. like, remember the skeleton towards the end? And then yeah, she yeah. was, like, screaming, and she was, like, the original, you know, scream queen. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. the monologue of Vincent Price over it, you know, scene from house, you know. And, it, like, all the comments, if you read the comments, oh, this is so cheesy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This terrible. They don't Do you enjoy know what it. you're watching? Yeah, they don't. They don't know you what it no is. Clue. I mean, I realized it was the early 60s or, like, late 50s. I can't remember. I'm trying to think. Was it 61 when they... It, yeah, it might have been. I mean, I think it might have even been a little earlier. But, yeah, it was... It was. Uh, it definitely was one of those uh, crazy ones. Um, not a horror one, but I, I, another one people don't appreciate, too. I, I watched the other day was The Unforgiven, Clint Eastwood. I mean, just westerns. Uh, you know what I mean? I mean, just a just yes. a great one. You know, and, and just to, the people look at that when I watch this, and I made the recommendation. A lot of people were like, "You're kidding, right?" So I could know the same thing well. would come with you know the original House on Iron Hill. But it's funny that you brought up Vincent Price because the one movie that terrifies me the most yes tell me is the new remake of House on Haunted Hill. Are you kidding me? I told Asylum. You. Yeah. I was getting, now I love that movie. I like it. I but it scares the shit out of me and there's only Are you kidding? it's only when they're okay. in the basement. 
that's oh, it. Oh, that's like that's now. The, that's, people that's nowadays, it. they might watch that movie and think it's cheesy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. up to listeners out there. You might think <laughs> yeah. that it's a little cheesy because it was like that cusp. Yeah, yeah. Right, when was that? 99, 2000 yeah. when that movie was made? Yep. So it was like that cusp of CGI effects and makeup and things. So it like, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to viewers now, it might seem cheesy if they didn't grow up in that era yeah, or yeah. they're even older where they grew up in a different era before yeah. then when it was all makeup and there was no CGI. Definitely. So that cusp has a funny look to it and the, that movie was a little bit in that cusp, yeah. I feel like. Yeah, some people could say it was corny, you know, cheesy, you know, whatever they want yeah, to use. You, it's terrible. To me, it's I'm like, yes, right. give see? me more. See, I, yeah, see? complete opposite, see? That's Weird the like perfect, that. see, I love that. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love The Haunting, another one. That's another good one. Um, out, out of the new releases, uh, Great White, The Unholy, Conjuring 3. Which ones have you seen so far? Which one? What do you like? Out of the okay, one? I saw The Unholy. What did you um, think about that? Disappointed. Super disappointed, right? So disappointed. Mainly because, in my opinion, now being an 80s baby, should have gone back to, like, 80s tactics. Why wasn't this all done with creature makeup? Yeah. The CGI effects were fucking horrible. Yeah, and spoiler alert, I'm going to ruin it for you. I waited all movie to see the uh, actual villain. Cheesy or as fuck. She's a, a wooden doll face. Yeah. Right? That's like, It looked like a wooden what? doll mask on her face. What was it? But like... Like leather... Oh, what's his face? Not leather face. Uh, ghost face, but in wood. Yes. I mean, come, come on. You're, you're really going to sit there and, and tell me... it was supposed to be the face being a mask... Yeah. ...that had the face of the Virgin Mary on it. Okay, Cool story, cool story, and uh, what what is his name? What's the main actor's name? Oh my god! Okay, he played Negan on The Walking Dead. That's how I know him. All right, I'm horrible, <laughs> I'm horrible with names. Yeah, like, I, I'm so bad with names. You're lucky I you remember your name or my own. Like that's how bad with names I am. Okay, <laughs> told you I smoke a lot of weed. Um, right. So the guy who plays Negan on The Walking Dead is the main character. Now his acting is incredible. Yeah. So the whole reason why maybe this movie won't flop is because of him. He, he yeah. is always incredible. Well, a lot of people like it. They got got a high... Yeah, uh, because of him. Because but, he's always awesome. And, but, and I don't want to say that maybe it also because it's back in the movie theaters and, you know, COVID and people coming back. But who knows? I, I mean, well, you were disappointed. Maybe, I was disappointed. He is a great actor. But... Uh, Great White. Did you see that yet? I didn't see that. Never heard of it actually. Really. Great White is yeah. Great White is a movie about these uh, this, these people who run clients. That they run a taxi on uh, the air. Okay. So they turn around. They get stuck. Of course, what happens is a Great White in the water. They're all uh, the Great White follows them. They uh, everyone. Not gonna ruin the ending for you, but corny, cheesy, definitely. Sounds like we want to recreate Jaws, but we're not capable of it. Yeah, just to, to, yeah, just to, I mean, it wasn't like the super big shark, which was cool because you know how okay. they made the Meg and. I was yeah, just gonna yeah, the, yeah, like right? yeah, that one too. Yeah, yeah. Something you know, sorry. Yeah, okay. it, they didn't make it enormous or like with the extra you know effects and stuff like that. It looked like a real shark. It okay, really, to that's me, it's cool. it. That's, that's the only cool. yeah, only good part of the movie. And that they went to yeah. that level. That's cool. So you like that, but. And the last one, which is the big one, because I know you're a big fan, Conjuring 3. I don't think, I think it's going to get mixed reviews to say the very least, but I, I liked it a lot. You liked it a lot. I, I have to give lot. it another chance because I couldn't sit still doing it. I was also writing shows and stuff like that, but oh, I okay. just... Uh, well, it's not that kind of movie. You can't do that with it. Yeah. Um, they took a different angle. Did James Wan do the Conjuring 3? Uh, I'm, not, feel, I'm not sure. we got to look into that. I think they switched directors. A part of me believes they did, but don't quote me on that. Okay. Um, where James Wan did the first and second, and he's fucking incredible himself. But, yeah. Um, yes, I love Ed and Lorraine more, and you know that. And Definitely. And their soul. But, their souls. But um, they were incredible, and I love how the Conjuring movies have 
followed certain investigations. You know, of course they twist things to fit Hollywood, but the real investigations, if you look into that, they're, they're very close, and they're, they were very dramatic, and they were quite terrifying. Um, the Conjuring 3 covers, you know, when Ed and Lorraine Warren tried to actually bring a case into the court system. Yeah. Um, so something like this, like how there's the plea of insanity. Yeah. Um, there's the plea of, I was possessed by a demon. And they weren't trying to hear it. And I'm not sure that the audience was ready for a different take on their story. Michael Chaves, you were right. No, uh, James Wan. It was Wan. A different, you looked yeah. it up. Okay, cool. Yep. Um, it was, so, you know, I don't think the usual Conjuring audience, I think some of the audience may be disappointed. If you know Evan Lorraine Warren prior to the Conjuring movie series, then I think you'll appreciate it for what it is. Definitely. Um, so, hence why I liked it. Well, you got me into the YouTube stuff that they did, and I thank you for that, because oh, it really is welcome. great. And what I'm going to do is not only post a picture of... Nightmares and Fantasies to the Deacon and Co. Show Thank Twitter you. page and Instagram. Of course, we'll tag you in it as well, so that Thank way we'll, the audience can buy the book directly through there. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm also going to put a couple of the YouTube videos that um, Ed and Lorraine did, <clears throat> excuse me, guys, um, that you had showed me, so I'm going to definitely put it up there for everyone to see, too, because they, they really are interesting, and what they did, I think, is great. They and were they, incredible. They really were, uh, you They're know. Incredible and, people. Yeah, definitely changed uh, a lot of people's lives helping a lot of people you know absolutely and, and people like them have opened doors for people like me even though i'm writing fiction it in a way it gives us people like me gives us the ability to oh yeah you know that being said with all those great movies we talked about and all the ones prior who's your favorite horror character you gotta have one of those it's got to be someone. You can't tell me Jepson and Jensen from Little Mermaid. Made no, that, no, no. Made that no, reference no. earlier about my nephews, remember? Yes, yeah, <laughs> remember it. Those two little oh, eels. God. Oh, my God, it's so hard to take. They, wanted, so hard to they take. wanted to come in today, guys, and they wanted to give us uh, the uh, introduction to the show. They call themselves the Deacon and Co. Show Boys Band. So we had to change the name. So it's a three-man band. And uh, it is my nephew Jackson, my nephew Braden, and myself. No girls allowed, they say, Crow. Okay. Uh, they don't, they don't know yet. Leave. They don't right. know yet, right? No, they will soon enough. And they change it to Battery. That's the name <laughs> of the band. That's, that's, their, that's their jam. Down to Battery now. They, nice. Love All Battery. Right. All right, you got to. You can't not. I'm going to go, this is a common one. I'm going to go first so you get an idea of mine. Now, I told you this funny story. I'm going to share this with the audience, too. I think I might have told this one time on air, but it's one of my favorite stories of all, all right, time. go ahead, go ahead. My favorite horror character of all time is Freddy Krueger. Really? Okay. Freddy Krueger cracks me up. And uh, prior to us doing the show... He is funny. I uh, had my all-horror shirt on. I wore it all day today. It's a hoodie with every single horror character. It's in color. Cool. I'll show it to you again cool. after. And uh, Freddy's just my man. He uh, Before I got my Metallica sleeve, um, I had, and you can still see it on here. Right? It's still, I showed you last week. Uh, 1428 Elm Street is written on my wrist. That's okay. Freddy's address. I love Freddy. Uh, first time tends to get a little <laughs> messy. <laughs> I always had a thing for the horse in this house. Oh my god, amazing. <sighs> it's Freddy Krueger, I love him. So, one day... A lot of people do, a lot of people do. Crow, I'm fucked up in California. Real <laughs> fucked up. 
And I'm talking oh like God. hammered. And this is before I smoked any weed or anything like that. Okay. I, I'm, I'm completely wrecked. Okay. So my phone's about to die. My cousin just bought a house in Los Angeles. And I turn around. I don't know the address of the house. The phone dies. I'm in a cab. So I'm so fucked up. I'm like, you know what? Buddy, take me here. And I hold out my arm. It says 1428 Elm Street. Cab driver drives me to 1428 Elm. I passed out in the back of the car for about seven minutes. It was only a 13-minute ride. Seven minutes, I woke up. I'm like, let's see where this goes. So I, I get out, pay the guy. Adventurous. Uh, knock on the people's door, because now they're looking out the window like, why is there a cab at my, at my door at 2 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> Newlywed couple, coolest people I've ever met in my life. My cousin's one of the few numbers that I actually remember. Yeah. Uh, but they also had a charger, too. So I plugged in my phone. They invited me in. I had a beer with these people. Had them cracking up, and my cousin had to pick me up. Oh, my God. So... 1428 Elm, love that story. It's one of my favorite stories of all time. Like, it, it, just so, it never gets old. I will say, I have heard the story. And I remember I haven't heard the story, but it's still fantastic. Except one of my favorites. and uh, I love it. That being said, good. what's your decision there, pal? The first one that comes to mind that I have to say is a favorite is, as crazy as it's going to sound, is Reagan when she's possessed by the devil and the exorcist. There you go. That's I, not crazy. That's a character. That it, is a character. It, it was... I, I'm going to sound a little twisted, but in a way it was amusing. It made me laugh. Like how yeah, Freddy yeah. Krueger is amusing to you, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, at the same time it wasn't cheesy. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it made you, again, here the psychology comes in, it makes you think like, okay, Reagan was preyed on not just because she was a child, but because she had just gone through a trauma. We all go through traumas. Yeah. We have all, now at our age, you know, being in our 30s, we've gone through several at this point. So yeah. therefore we could be a victim. Exactly. If this is real, yeah, or yeah. was real, we, we could be a victim of it. Like, holy shit. Like, yeah, it starts yeah. making you look over your shoulder. Like, yeah. You know, like, the problem is every time... next? <laughs> yeah. Every time I hang out with you and your husband, Joe, big fan of the show, and hi, Joe, I know you're listening outside with yeah, Nay. Yeah, yeah. Nay's happy she's got the week off. But uh, the, the crazy thing about it is, Crow, is every time that I get together with you guys, I always want to watch some fucking type of possession movie now. <laughs> so now I'm like, fuck, now i got to go back and watch this tonight. Yeah, yes, right, yes, so. yes. But it sucks because like I'll, I'll try to watch these things and like I won't get home until tomorrow, like 8 o'clock in the morning, 9 o'clock in the morning. So I'm not going to watch the horror movie here. Right. Or, or I take black sheets. I do have a set. I close all the windows and I darken it up a little bit and then I can watch horror all day. Wow, well, that's, really? That's how I do it. And the crazy thing is is that people that were watching movies, I could fall asleep to horror, wake up to horror. It won't bother me. But if I drink orange juice with it, okay. some psychological thing happens. So I'll, whatever happens inside those movies, I start to tend off into a dreamland with the orange juice. Also, activates your mushrooms, acid, all that kind of stuff too. That so you've taken in the past. Let's stay away from the orange juice. Okay. <laughs> I don't want horror to go to sleep usually. No. Well, sometimes it happens um, for me. Because I love it. Yeah, yeah. But I do, there's a lot of things I prefer to do at night or with everything, like make it seem like it's night. So I yeah, yeah. that. Including watching horror movies, including reading in general. And of course, I read a, as a horror writer, I also read a lot of horror. Yeah, and, I can imagine. Um, even though it's old horror, it's not really new horror. It's, 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 if you yeah. haven't read it, it's new. Yeah, good point. That that that's true also. But like, I still it needs to be like I use a, a tiny little spotlight, and everything else around me needs to be dark. And like, I need to be like, let me surround myself in darkness and like really put my brain where it needs to be to understand what this writer wrote and get into that mind frame. I don't know. Same thing with watching a horror film. I want to be in that mind frame. The sun blazing. Yeah, yeah. The fucking doorway is not going to get me in that right mind frame. It's not. It's ruining the experience. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Completely Crazy. ruining it. You might miss a message. Yeah. This uh this next topic that I have here, Crow, um, I felt like it was appropriate to ask all the guests on the Deacon and Co show to yeah. uh, you know, about this topic. So I think you're pretty knowledgeable at this one. But um something about people who watch horror, who listen to metal, have a higher intellectual level than a lot of other people because metal is the closest thing to classical music. People don't understand that. No, they do not. It's, it's a real big thing. Small band from the Bay Area of San Francisco. You ever heard of them before? Metallica? <laughs> oh, yeah. Small, tiny, uh, tiny underground. Thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> thoughts on the Fab Four there. <laughs> All right, Al, what decade are we talking about? <sighs> and I'll give you two completely different answers. Uh, all right, so I'll give you pre-Black Album... Post black album, your entry point. Okay, pre, pre, yes, all right. Uh, unfortunately, and I hate admitting that. Some, a lot of the time, all the time, change my mind all the time. <laughs> pre black album, excellent, excellent, excellent. Love the bands, love everything about them. After the black album, are you fucking kidding me? Sorry, I'm sorry, but they're joking. They're joking. It was a joke, right? It's all been a joke since that album. Please tell me it's been a joke. Tough. I'm sorry, forgive me, forgive me. If you liked any of it, if you connected with any of it, you want to know why I'm not that much of a snob, I respect it. I've, I'm old enough now <laughs> where it's like, you know what, and I have plenty of guilty pleasures uh, music-wise, probably too long of a list to name. Um, so, like, whatever you like is what you like. It's fine. Um, but for myself, uh, I'm just like, I wish it was a giant joke since the Black Album. Yeah, I, I at first I at first I started to feel that same way until I actually went back and understood the band itself. And uh, as a as a fan, we should be able to pinpoint things like, for instance, if you're at a concert and like you hear James Hetfield miss the first six words of the second lyric of "Ride the Lightning," you kind of say to yourself, like at that point, okay, now I'm not just a fan anymore. Yeah. Uh, now, that's now true. you know if you're miss if you're hearing him miss the notes and that. So I went back and I gave these albums a chance. Okay. And I started giving all this. So I, I listened to them on the Spotify. So I start popping off the songs I don't want to hear. And as a fan now, running a podcast that primarily talks about my Metallica, <laughs> listening to other Metallicas, being a Metallica fan the way I am, I always love to hear other people's uh, opinions and their thoughts about it and whatnot. So well, you, I feel like they're very different at the stage of the game. You know, like, what is it, nine... 40 years later since... It is. You know, 40th anniversary of the band. Oh, it is? Okay. It is. Yep. Oh, yeah. And uh, definitely some shows coming up. I know there's going to be some people excited. Uh, uh, you know, to they're going to be... A lot of them sure they're yeah. still oh, yeah. Um, One of those situations where I'm going to try to get to see them as much as I can uh, for the rest of the should. time. You know, and it's one of those things where if people haven't seen Metallica... Uh, you really shouldn't see Metallica. If you're, yes. you know, even just a no, fan, fan of the show, a lot of people come on Crow and they, they sit here and they'll say, well, we're really, we don't know much about Metallica except for what you taught us. I don't want to be that guy to introduce you, but let's do it. You know? Hey, somebody's got to do it, guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's one of, yeah, it's one of those, uh, you know, mind-blowing things when you say to somebody, like, uh, what's your favorite Metallica song? Well, listen to Metallica like that that's really you know that's a tough I don't, one I, I'm not gonna lie to you and say I still listen to them but if it comes on I don't change the song on the station yeah, 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 you know yeah. what I mean like of course um I, I still have all my old albums that's you know? awesome like they're all on CD um I might still have a record or two still 
um, just that I bought to be nostalgic. It's not like records came out. Like, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I like, literally just found it and was like, the, I have to own this. That's, like, that's, <laughs> that's my problem. Like, if I feel like that's like, um, for me, that would be worse than any type of like drug addiction or alcohol addiction <laughs> that anybody Music. could relate to. Yeah, I was buying vinyl. But, vinyl yeah, okay just to okay. go back to it so i listen like i have all the remastered stuff or whatever but i also have the original compact discs okay as do you i'm sure yes so yes, it's like oh you God, aware, you know yeah. the difference between listening to something in a set of sony headphones as opposed to listening to it in your car or on a surround sound because yeah. uh, you know like i had mentioned a couple of times to a lot of people nobody wants to listen to heavy metal like this on a de 10 decimal it's, it no. has to, if you, especially if you want to appreciate every sound that's coming from three guitars, plus how many different drums is Lars coordinating. It yeah. does. Yeah. Or, the, like, nowadays with the technology we have, you know, it's simple technology, but, you know, even just earbuds, so, like... Yeah. You know, like you can actually—it's close enough to your ear. Yeah. I guess where you can with hear both everything. sides, of course. Yeah, with both sides, of course. You know, so you can hear everything. Yeah. Metal is extremely complex. I don't, you know, to a lot of people who don't listen to metal. Yeah. You know, they 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 think that it's and all the subgenres of metal. They think that it's just noise, and it's like you know, especially if you start getting the subgenres like death metal and you know. Black metal, which I'm also a huge fan of, as you know, like, especially to this day. And it's like, oh, it's just noise. You can't understand a word you're saying. I can understand every word, especially if it's something that I've listened to a few times. Yeah. And it's like, you're just, you're, it's almost like your, your eardrums aren't trained to understand that. So when they listen to say, and I've never listened to music, like, you know, kill them all. Yeah. You know, Metallica's kill them all. They're just like, oh my God, how do you hear the guitar? How do you, because there is, was there three guitars or two guitars when they recorded kill them all? Three. Yeah. You know, that's, that sounds noisy to them. They don't understand that yeah. and it's like you know well you can't listen to it on volume five in your car like yeah, yeah. the fucking volume up you douchebag yeah like, 100%. Listen, you know yeah. and, and uh, spot on with kill them all especially too that's the hardest album for anybody to to learn the words to because yes. of how heavy that album is and of course the time frame of when they recorded it and the technology oh, was it, 82? 83 Wait, it was 83 yeah. okay it was close oh yeah right. definitely <laughs> definitely was close but uh that being said uh favorite album song i mean i don't listen to it too much anymore but what are you i knew you would have some stories for me yeah, as well. Yeah, I didn't want to lie to you. I'm sorry. Like, no, I, I appreciate the I honesty. Used to, I used to be able to play every song on guitar. Oh, it's so awesome. I knew every word to every song. It was like, it was just something that, you know, you get into so many bands that, you know, you leave it behind a little bit. You Definitely. Know? Especially when you're not thrilled with what they become in modern time. Um, I'd have to say Ride the Lightning. Awesome. And I'm... Some people might not like this, but I'm a glutton. I was a glutton at one point for power ballads. I have to say Fade to Black. Ah, Yep. Oh, yeah. It gets heavier if you've never heard it. It's also something that I literally, like, got calloused and bloody fingers over learning how to play, you know, inside and out, too, on guitar, you know, at, like, 13 years old. Only can imagine. Yeah. What's your favorite story, Metallica memory? You got one for us? Um, seen them? Any tour, concert, live? Seen them? It's a little pathetic, but, it, you know, it was my age also at the time and when I got into them, but uh, the Load Tour. Uh-oh! Oh, all right! Uh, I got somebody who has been to the Load uh, Tour! Yeah. 
All right. <laughs> you're, you're excited All about right. it. Tell me, what was the vibe? Did you? I mean, if you can remember, I'm sure you got a lot of I stuff do. off I alone. I remember it. You know, this was, oh my God, I'm, I'm 38 years old. I'm going to feel so old right now when I was 14. Oh, okay? yeah. Yeah. I was so young, and my dad took me. <laughs> there you and go. And it was like, oh God, I don't remember exactly what year it was, but like, I could do the math, but I'm terrible at math. Obviously, I'm a writer. <laughs> Literature and math don't mix, by the way. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> like, I was literally 14. Dad takes me, and it was um, Jersey, whatever huge venue is in Jersey. And you would think Lotor, if you were a fan from Kill 'em All or like in the 80s of Metallica, you might think that was a bad tour. No, it was fucking incredible. I remember it like it was yesterday because they opened with Master of Puppets. Wow. And Pyrotechnics, like it was 1989. Yeah. It was the end, it like pre-Black Album. It was fucking incredible. It was like, awesome. what, do they start drinking again? Are they alcoholics again? Like, what is happening? Like, is Cliff Burton like a rise from the dead? Like, this is fucking incredible. Like, I expected it to like, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of like, by that point, by 14 years old, even though the Black Album and I like, you know, opened me up to them or whatever, you know, I realized a little bit later that I had got, I knew songs, yeah. but I hadn't like delved into the Metallica world until like I bought the Black Album when I was yeah. at that camp, 91, I think. You hear it there from out, Crow, like, folks. Yeah, not I a know, black it's album terrible, victim. But like, no, that's I cool. can't go back in time, so I went to the fucking Lone Tour. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I can't believe how cool that is. Now. It was so good, dude. And then they went; they like almost did like a crescendo into battery after it. It was yeah. like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, like, those. See, I, I get so like I got so excited because I was at a show where they ended they ended Enter Sandman and then they went into Frey Ends of Sanity. So I'm like, okay. I never saw anything like. Like you guys got to see so i'm like oh, super drooling right now okay, like okay. you guys seen all that cool but stuff but i didn't expect that because it no, was the yeah. low tour yeah, you know course. i would have expected that in fucking 1989 i would yeah. expect that in like uh, let's say 1994 because i can't do the math that quick am i no head? no you mean low you, you look at like, 96 or 97 okay so 96 so, yeah, yeah. That sounds right okay and yeah. I, I believe it might have been pnc that's a big one, yeah, yeah. That's okay, a, yeah. Okay. That's one over there in Jersey. I yep. feel like that's what it was. I still have all my old ticket stubs. Oh, that's so like, awesome! I, hang I on to like, them. Like, yeah, like, yeah. I hang have on every to them. Single one to the first concert I've ever been to, which was Johnny Cash at like nine years old. As wow, crazy as that is. That's yeah. so cool. And not metal at all, but it shows you how diverse I can get. Oh yeah, even Definitely. now today, you know. Like, at 14, you don't want to admit it, but, like, that, honestly, probably was one of the most incredible shows I've ever seen. They, they were just That's so awesome that night, and I'm really, like, even though I was a little bit of a late bloomer, or we'll, we'll call it, like, a midway bloomer, how about, you know, of Metallica. I still uh, would have loved to see show. Load Tour. Yeah, I still would have loved when, to see When was it. your first show with them? Oh, God. Okay, so my first show Way with them vomit. was between, <laughs> yeah, you might, was between albums. It was between Death Magnetic and Hardwired to Self Destruct. Oh. But I since then, since then. How was it though? 51 shows since then in that time span. How do you remember any of the shows then? Do you remember the shows? I remember the shows because each show is different. Is, different. is it really? It is. Really? It is. Each one is different. And you gave me a load story. So last week, big shout out to my guest. And Autumn of Upon Wings. Oh, awesome. Yes, yes. She joined us last week, told us a story about where all four of the guys got on stage and started pounding these huge drums. That was okay. the Hardwired Tour. So, my, That's cool. yeah, my story for the Hardwired Tour was 
it was so crazy because this was the first time that I ever smoked a joint at a concert. <laughs> oh, you so, never, what? Wait, I never you? did. Well, yeah, I guess. Can I say that? I'm sorry. You can. Not, okay. You can. All right. Me. But here's the thing. So I never started smoking weed until my doctor gave me the medical marijuana card. That's right. That's right. Okay. So now, yeah, full I blown. Yeah, I, sm right. okay. I smoke a lot. So but how long ago was this now? They were going, this will be uh, my two-year anniversary of smoking weed happened that's this month. It? Two years. Oh, so you just dived right in. Yep. I was like and just, yeah. a little bit of a late bloomer too, but yeah. still young at the I same had, time. I had done this before. Like in, like in, you know when I was a kid or whatever it was, but because yeah, my, my parents, my parents told me you could do this. And, don't you're weird. And I was just like, so I I don't want to do what you told me I can do. I'm an outlaw. So, yeah, you know, yeah, a little bit of that. Yeah. That's so that's why I never really did, and and it also didn't give me the time to. Even though yeah. they pulled the if you want to do this, do it with us thing, and it was like nobody wants to actually do that, mom. Like yeah. thanks. Well, nobody actually wants to do that. I can honestly tell you that it changed my life in, in so many better ways and, and such an amazing person that I can honestly say that I am now as opposed right. to 10 years ago, I might not have been that good of a person or that nice of a person. I would have made ridicule to do something that I regret now. Part of getting older, maybe. Part yeah, of, it could be it could be you know, a maturity thing so too. Like, I think I think it definitely helps me out. People there. do a lot of stupid shit when they're fucked up on any substance. Yeah, you know? like, that I, was. I, the, I do agree with you. Uh, that was that. the one thing that I just never really, uh, you know, I never really wanted to become that. And I had uh, an issue going deep on the uh, the issue, but I had an issue that I. Uh, overcame myself, and now I'm able to deal with it in a better way. Yeah, um, as an adult. Know, and yeah, just you know, all the situations, everything happened around marijuana. It, yeah. saved, it definitely saved my life. Oh, so, same. same. Ha hats off to it. But uh, smoked a joint outside. Uh, yes, outside the concert uh, too for this particular show, and then that was my Sorry. first time. Oh no, worries. <laughs> I got off track. First time that I've ever smoked at a concert. So I was not inside of the venue, but I was outside. When I saw Iron Maiden a year later, I it was the first time Another I ever... Another amazing show. Oh, yeah. Unreal. Oh. First time I ever smoked in the venue. Inside Barclays Center, I lit up a joint, and I said, I don't give a fuck, this is Iron fucking Maiden. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was unreal. So I'm sure at the festivals, we'll be outdoors. There'll be some okay. puffing going on and upcoming I shows. so. It would be nice to have some normal stuff. Yeah, like maybe, like, yeah. People just be respectful of each other. Like, you stay close with the people you go to and just keep your distance from people you don't know. It's, yeah. it's not hard. Yeah. Just, just be respectful of other people. Like, That's it. And then we can live like we always have. You oh, know, yeah. like, come on, you're out side de uh, <laughs> de definitely crazy um genius of the week crow is a yes. sto story that i I'm have forward to this. every week every week <laughs> every week for and the entire show this is we're, we're on episode 46 yeah it's been a few i knew that at least so the stories keep getting better crow uh man in seattle washington has <laughs> three cats who are okay. addicted to Robitussin. The man went and he was... I a, wish you could uh, see my face right now. Crow is a cat person. That's <laughs> I why, love cats. So that's why I brought this story on here. True story, okay? So the man turned around, I'm passed out. Disgusted. Keeps doing his Robitussin. He likes to get high off cough syrup. No problem. But when he does, I guess he must pass out or... Maybe he's giving them to the cats, which I hope he's not, because that's cat abuse and animal abuse. Yes, and it is. They should. So now the gentleman turns around and has the first cat that is being put into a drug rehab for Robitussin. 
That is my genius of the week. Oh, my God. True story. <laughs> if you guys want to just put it in Google, go ahead. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you I where it's from. I have to. I'm disturbed and disgusted people. And this goes for all animals. I love all animals. I really do. I don't care if you're a fly on the wall. All the way down yeah. to a fly on the wall. Like, that's how much I love animals. I'm a little bit of, like... Definitely. I don't follow Buddhism, but I'm a little bit of a Buddhist when it comes to, like, nothing dies. Yeah. Unless it's defense of something, of in my opinion, which isn't Buddhist. But, like... You know, like, okay, if there was a tarantula on you that if it bites you, it's going to kill you, then I'll kill the tarantula. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. If, I, if there isn't somewhere to put it outside where it's not going to hurt somebody else, then, all right, I guess I have to kill it. But otherwise, yeah. it's like, all right, catch the spider and put it outside. I wasn't going to bring this up, but you did it to me because okay. you're, you're, you're sitting next to it. You mentioned tarantula. I just picked up a copy, if you guys want to check it out, of Life Magazine, Indiana Jones, 40 Years Crow. We just talked about this yes, before. Yes, yes. Where did it go, Crow? I don't know. I don't know. And I haven't even hit 40 yet. I'm still two years shy of 40, but I feel like I'm 40 sometimes. And other times I feel 15 still. It's yeah, weird. yeah. It's so weird. Uh, it's it's so I, weird. I'm with you on that one. So um, strange. But like, oh my God, can I just hug it? I you can. <laughs> I'm hugging the magazine. Honestly. Oh yeah, you, you can. These, oh. these stories are brought to the attention, uh, you know, and uh, these genius of the week. So our buddy, hopefully the, the cat will be okay and make a full recovery, but this was actually... Yeah, uh, that's another thing too. Like, people don't own an animal unless you're going to treat it right. Come yeah, on. it's crazy. I, and I, I hope to see this on John Oliver. I hope that he puts it on there as well because he always usually puts on these weird, yes. crazy stuff like that. But uh, definitely check it out. Rapid response, Crow, uh, two minutes each, back and forth, hot potato style on the topic at hand. You mentioned earlier the answer I like to hear. Better album, Ride the Lightning or Master of Puppets? Ride the Lightning. I have to say it. I have to. It's, it, it is a fight. And I'm fighting myself by saying Ride the Lightning because Master of Puppets is, is epic also. But I think I connected more with Ride the Lightning. Yeah. Was James Hetfield like more fucked up and Kirk Abbott more <laughs> fucked up when they were writing it or something? I don't know. Even though lyrically Master of Puppets is more fucked up, I think. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, think of Sanitarium, Master of Puppets. We all know what that's about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's just substance abuse and, being, and uh, you know, trying to get help for it, you know. <laughs> But Ride the Lightning was almost like before they decided to get help for it, I feel like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, before they realized that I had taken control of them. I, yeah. I don't know. Like yeah. it, it, it was funny. It was funny you said that because in that uh, stage of the game, Kirk was realizing, like, how much money we could really make it. He didn't want to partake. Of course, okay. chop your breakfast on a mirror. We all know what that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. We so, all do. Uh, you yeah, know, one of the best like, lines in a song, you don't have Master of Puppets without that song. No, you don't. Yeah, uh, you definitely don't. definitely a crazy answer. So uh, Lyrics should be honest anyway. Yeah. Uh, Deacon and Co. Show has had three straight weeks of a guest who is helping me out here. Ride the Lightning, better album. You guys already know wow, what I'm going to... okay. Yeah, right. Ride the Lightning's my so favorite album. people are saying this, too. Yeah. I got to listen to more of your show. Uh, I, 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 I appreciate it. I listen very little. I listen. I, I, I when, when, when people become fans and then you realize that, you know, like, all right, cool, now we're in this type of world because I got to tell you, we just hit a high plateau mark of fans. Yeah. I'm not going to give the, uh, the number out loud, too, because I want the number to keep growing but we hit yes, a high number and I didn't no, think it would happen to. you know just I didn't think that just people wanting to hear us talk about Metallica and getting people that are involved in the band and cool people like yourself <laughs> and you. <laughs> you guys are going to see Crow on Oprah one day if they allow fans back I don't know if they're doing that yet but one day oh, no, hopefully. Uh, one day hopefully. rapid number two Edgar Allan Poe or Stephen King? That's another hard one. Uh, I figured you'd love this one. It's such a hard one. All right. I, I'm wearing this shirt because I'm that much of a nerd. I'm I just I'm noticed gonna... it now. I just <laughs> just noticed it now. I, I, I had to. I had to wear a literary shirt. I have a drawer full of them. Awesome. Um, Nothing wrong with that. I, I have to say Poe, but it's not because I love Stephen King any less. Yeah. Um... 
Stephen King's incredible. Yeah. Um, but I have such a passion for canon literature. Yeah. Uh, so it, English, yeah. Yeah. It's got to be the way the, the way that it was written. I could tell right away. Didn't see the shirt. Awesome shirt. <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe shirt. T tell tall tell heart. Tell tell heart. Yes, it's a, it's a little Hands bit down. of a uh, tongue twister. It definitely is. Um, Raven, that was yes, another one. Yes, I have to say the Raven uh, when it comes to poetry. Yeah. As much as there's more poems than, of course, they teach you and, you know, the majority of read. But uh, like, oh, yeah. hundred percent. A hundred percent. But, you know, God, story-wise, I love the cask of Amontillado. Oh, yeah. I love it. Oh, I yeah. love it. Definitely. Uh, I love it so much. <laughs> You know this as a as an author and a writer. Uh, you you definitely know this. Uh, watching a movie, reading a book, uh, a book nine out of ten times will always be better than the movie. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Stephen King, great books, but your movies aren't doing it for me. The justification. So if I watch no, your movies they really first, don't. They really I would don't. never read your book. I would I... never give you the time of day. But if I watch something that was based off of Poe, which I have, The Raven, and all you those. Have seen okay. Have you seen the original Vincent Price, The Raven? Yeah. Oh, that was, yes! I, Nobody I've I, ever spoken to has seen it. Thank I, you. I, I watched that stuff. I watched Nosferatu, no, or Nosferatu you know, the silent Whatever, vampire film. Yeah, I watch that shit all the time. And it's just, you get you can't understand people, like, when they keep re remaking these Godzillas and these movies and this and that, yes, it's annoying. they're out of ideas mm -hmm. because they, they don't, don't read books. Exactly. Wait, I think you asked me earlier, what's my message? Pick up a fucking book. That's, That's it. That. Put down your device for a few minutes. Look, devices do a lot of shit. They make a lot of shit convenient. They're cool, yeah. You can do a lot of shit with them. All right, they're cool. Yeah. I'm not going to lie and say I don't use them. Thank you. If it wasn't for KDP... Amazon, that's how I self-published my book. Thank you. I went back to school because of being able to do internet classes and work yeah, yeah, full-time. Yeah. Hence why I haven't listened to your show that much. No worries. Because I'm so fucking busy. You got the main episodes but, but, down. That's what matters. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know, it, it's like... But, you know, put down the fucking device for 20 minutes. Read a chapter a day. Like, exactly. come on, just pick up a fucking book. That's yeah. a message. You, you know what I mean? Like, But before you put down the device, you guys make sure that you listen to the Deacon and Co. show first. Yes. <laughs> then yes. you turn around, you Sorry, leave a positive rating. No, 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 not at all. That's what not I said. All. Like, devices are great, but... but you got to read a book. It's, it's, it's the only way to read it. You know, um, with the on Poe on that one. So now it's two for two. I don't know if we're going three for three here. Let's see. All right, so you say Poe, too. I'm all with right. Poe, yeah, definitely. Because Even though Stephen King's amazing. Stephen Stephen King is amazing as a writer, but if you were to ask me to turn around and wa read one of these guys based upon a movie that I watched, okay. it would not be Stephen King. Gotcha. I will tell you that right now. And, and the Poe movies don't do well. Yeah. The and Poe they were movies, amazing. And they were amazing. Amazing. And I think Poe is the better writer. Not gonna lie. I love it. Not, not gonna lie. I love it. I love it. I bet you King would say the same thing, even though he is great. I, I yeah. think he would admit it. Poe was the but you can't be. Mid-1800s Victorian lingo. Come oh, yeah. on. You definitely, can't beat that. Definitely not. There's romance in that alone. You know? It draws you in. And I'm sorry. Okay. I didn't like that. No worries. <laughs> Rapid number three. Freddie or Jason? No, my answer. You know who I'm going with. You're going to say Freddie. I'm going to say Freddie, too. That's the premise of the story is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Three you for know? three. That was, a, that was a fast one. Uh, the difference between you dealing with this... Uh, the, the thing that I feel the most... You turn around and, uh, for me, I don't go in the woods because of Jason, primarily. So, I love the woods. Yeah, so the creepier, I, I, the better. I try to stay out of that situation <laughs> only because, you know, I know too many people what they got going on with, you know, camping out in the woods. The real, you know, the, the real 
idea from Friday the 13th was based upon something that happened in London. I'm sure you already know. People were out in the woods, a couple killers, like, a guy went insane. Now, they can't find the real killer. They think they got the real killer, yeah. but whatever the situation do, is. But really, they just needed to put the blame on somebody. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. Freddy beats him twice, two for two in the movie. I, I gotta go Freddy on this one. Crow. Even though he was cheesy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rapid number four, final one, biggest one. Master of Puppets or one, what is Metallica's best song? I know, I know, I know. You're killing me. Toughest <laughs> one. Toughest one. Oh, man. Fuck. All right, I'm good. Fuck it, Master of Puppets. Everybody knows what I'm going to say because I always say the same answer. But it's going to be Master of Puppets as well. I've okay. only had one person come on and tell me it's one. Uh, just, uh, I love that person very much. But uh, <laughs> Okay, okay. I Master. can understand why they said one, though. Yeah, one, first music video, first Grammy, first everything. Well, it was gut-wrenching. I mean, weird. yeah. You like, want a story? You want a music video with a story? Yeah. Watch one. Just like what uh, Pearl James Jeremy did. Yeah. Now, a lot of people don't realize that was based off of a true story. A oh, kid named Jeremy. 100%. Like, yeah. Look it up, people. Like, seriously. Kid like, was ridiculed, beat, all this yeah, cra crazy like a, stuff you're that... You're fucking bullying somebody because they're different. Don't do it. Yeah, crazy. Like, come on. I don't care if they're the fat kid, the buck tooth kid. They're yeah. already kid. Leave them alone. It's been a long time since somebody went four for four on Rapids been a really? long time right. long time in, in, in agreeance but wow. um guys do me a favor follow us on the majors of social instagram deacon and co show uh twitter Thanks deacon and co show <laughs> crow where can the audience find the book again amazon is the best and um, instagram and instagram yes which um you can find on uh, nightmares and fantasies book awesome it's nightmares underscore fantasies underscore you know yeah so underscore after every word but De definitely give uh crow's book a chance nightmares and fantasies i'm telling you that is by crow abramoff and uh Follow me again, once again, enjoying yes, and thanking <laughs> Crow for coming on the show. Because I know the audience is like, because ah! they're waiting for this for a long time. So thank you again for being here. Thank you for doing this. And yes, thank you for having it, me. It was so much fun, and I can't, I can't just. Uh, you know, we're definitely going to have you back again in the future when the second book comes out. And I just thank think you. that uh, you got a lot of great things going with the writing and keep thank up you. the good work. Thank you so much. No problem. But <laughs> guys, hope you enjoy the rest of the night and enjoy our episode. But for now, Deacon and Crow are out.